The study says that money makes you happier up to $75,000 a year. And then after $75,000 a year, money has no more material impact on happiness. And guys, I thought that was BS 13 years ago, and I think it's even more BS today. <laughs> Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. What up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Action Academy Podcast, the show that helps you get rich, happy, successful, and free in your life and business. All right, folks, we officially have a new money happiness study that has dropped. Wake up, wake up. New money study dropped. So before we dissect and break down this new study in 2023 that discusses money and its correlation to happiness, I actually want to provide context for the previous study that all of you are most likely familiar with back in 2010, the study that previously stated that money impacts happiness directly up to $75,000 a year. So the study says that money makes you happier up to $75,000 a year. And then after $75,000 a year, money has no more material impact on happiness. And guys, I thought that was BS 13 years ago. And I think it's even more BS today. <laughs> That's just a full of crap, full of crap. Money absolutely does make you happier past $75,000. I can guarantee you that. So before we get into the findings of this new study, I want to break this down a little bit more from this previous study and my thoughts on this, because I think this is a conversation worth having. Now, for context, I'll give you guys my approximate financial journey. When I graduated college and went into sales for the first year, I think I made probably around that 77 mark. So right at the happiness metric, right? And then after that, I jumped up to 110. And then I believe I got up to 170, 180 range. And then I got up into the 200s. And then I got up into the 200s again. And that's kind of where I was sitting. Then when I left and when I quit, I got up to 385. So that's the most I've ever made is 385. Now, a couple of things to clarify. That was also single income. That was not household income. And I do not have a spouse or children. That's just me. And everything that I'm going to talk about in today's episode is going to be in the context of you as the individual earner. And for those of you listening with a wife and kids, which is the majority of you, what I say will probably ring even more true for you. So let's get back to the 75000 a year number, because this was so effing popular that there were CEOs that were famous in the news for increasing the minimum salaries to $75,000 for their companies. And then there was this one guy where he took a pay cut so that all of his employees could have the minimum 75000 because that's what impacted happiness. And that was his whole claim to fame. And that's why this is so crazy is this was so embedded in our society that every single news source, every single place was citing this. And here are my thoughts on it. Also, sidebar, disregard my voice in this episode because I am congested as hell in Austin, Texas. So bear with me. My thoughts on this are going to fall into a couple of different categories. One is money's effect on your relationship, money's effect on your stress levels, money's effect on your emotional health and your physical health. So four different areas that I think about. First and foremost, the two major things that people fight about, the two major things that get in the way of relationships are money and sex. Over and over and over again. 
All these clinical psychologists, family therapists, they all can cite this over and over again in the research and the data, but money and sex are what get in the way of relationships. Those are always the two bugaboos. When you don't have your financial house in order and you're swimming in debt and every single paycheck that comes in, you're using to quell this fire that keeps growing and growing, that impacts your relationship and it also directly impacts your stress, which is number two. Money problems are the number one stressor in America. Shocker which leads into emotional and mental health because how the heck can you think about yourself and going to the gym and doing yoga and meditating and all this different stuff that you hear in these podcasts if you are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt? If you can't make your rent payment, if you can't make your mortgage payment, if your kids are needing food and you can't provide for them, that's going to be your concern. That's going to be your priority. You can't even think about yourself. This is where we're operating at the base of the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, water, shelter. And then lastly is your physical health, because you are not going to pay for the gym membership. You're not going to pay for the healthy and organic food if you do not have the funds. You're going to get the cheapest option, the most readily available option. I remember eating ramen and Mountain Dew for dinner every night in college. That's just what we could afford. So I want to hear all of your opinions on this. But for me, I feel like $75,000 gets you in the game. Like that's just ready player one. That's where you can have an apartment and you're paying for some groceries, but you're still not going out to eat really, you're having to be on a really tight budget, and you're not able to explore or expand too, too much at 75000 And this is talking about in a normal city, not like in New York and LA or Miami, because there, you're basically living beneath the poverty line for 75000 You need to be at like 100000 in New York, LA, or Miami to even thrive at all. So here's what I experienced personally as I was going through the different income levels. In the beginning, you're worried about paying for groceries. So in the beginning, you're budgeting your grocery spend, and you're not really going out to eat at all. And then the second level is now you're going out to eat, but you're being conscious of what you're spending when you're going out to eat. Then the third level is you can get groceries, you can go out to eat, you don't have to look at the bill. You can pay for dinner, and you're not worried about it. You're not going to even look at it. Then a stage above that is now you can go to dinner and you can pay for everybody else at dinner and not worry about that. And then the last stage that I remember it directly impacting my happiness was when I could freely travel on top of where I was living and what I was paying. And I could go out and I could spend a couple extra thousand dollars going in Airbnbs and stuff. That's where it stopped impacting my happiness right there. Now, remember, this is all completely subjective, completely subjective. But for me personally, once again, my number... For me to do anything that I want to do is 100000 a year, personally, individual income, take home, after tax. Because at that point, I can pay for three grand a month in fixed expenses. So that would be $2,500 apartment in Austin. I could do the gym membership. I could do all the fixed expenses. I don't count my rental properties because those are covered. I don't pay out of pocket for those. So you can do the three grand. And then on top of that, you can also spend an additional $4,000. That's $1,000 per week in food, entertainment, whatever have you. And that brings you up to 7000 And then you can still have an additional $3,000 just for whatever you want. You can go travel for $3,000 a month. Now, anything on top of this 10000 is gravy. You can save that. So I think that the key to freedom and the key to all of this game is no matter how much money you're making is living on a 50% savings rate. I think that's the magical number. And obviously, the savings rate increases as your income increases. So for me, if all I need is $10,000 a month, 
and that's 120,000 a year, then if I make 385, I could save more of that. If I make 485, I save more. 500, 600, 700, 800, a million, I save more money, right? The key to the game is to figure out how to increase your income without increasing your expenses. Hedonic adaptation. We want to prevent that as much as possible. Now, remember, all of this completely changes whenever you introduce spouse and kids into this. Now, it could become a little bit easier if you have a dual income household, especially if you have what's called a dink household, dual income, no kids. That's where people are balling out. But to punctuate this point, I think that whenever you get to the level where you can take multiple friends out to dinner and you can pay for the bill and not bat an eye, not think about it, I think after that point, honestly, money doesn't really impact happiness anymore because it's just something that you have and you have no more marginal utility for it. So just like me past that 10,000 mark, I have no more marginal utility for that. I don't have any desire to spend more money than that. So it just accumulates. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I guess I'll put this into real estate, right? So finally, this leads us to the findings of the new updated study that says that money does impact happiness, surprise, up to $500,000 now. The study shows that this is because money can be used to directly remove things that make you unhappy, as opposed to you being happier about more dollar signs in your bank account, if that makes sense. So for instance, this would look like you can get that organic food that really fires you up, that you're pumped to get. You can go on that vacation that you really want to go to. You can drive the car that you want to drive. You can live where you want to live. You're not thinking about money, and you can also use it to reduce any inconveniences. You can hire the housekeeper. You can hire the cleaner. You're not worried about paying your bills so that you live a more stress-free life. And that's what it's talking about. But when it comes to, oh, I made an extra $10,000 this month on top of what I already made, that doesn't impact happiness anymore. So that is the finding of the study. I'm curious to hear all of your thoughts on this. If you want to share with me and I can do an update episode with some of your findings, you can email me at brian at theactionacademy.co. And if you want to be in this group that's making a bunch more money and you're still listening to the sound of my voice, I would invite you to go check out The Action Academy community to where this is what we're talking about. We're talking about getting out of our day jobs so that we're not stressed about money because it's coming in so freely that we can do what we want when we want with who we want. So you can check that out in the show description or at theactionacademy.co. Thanks guys for tuning in and I will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, real quick, if you're still listening to today's episode, I'm assuming you got value from it. So I need your help specifically. My two-year vision with this show is to help over 1 million people do what they want, when they want, with who they want, and I can only do that with your help. There are two main ways that a podcast grows. One is through ratings and reviews, and the other is word of mouth. If you could please leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as send this to one or two friends that you think would get value from it, we can reach the people that we're looking to reach. Thanks in advance. Talk tomorrow.